1: everybody to the lakers legacy podcast where the lakers may have just signed their 14th man but they are not out of the woods yet in fact they're just entering the woods the christian woods unfortunately for team usa They got taken to the back of the woods and shredded in FIBA World Cup play, but Austin Reeves surely held up his end of the bargain as a, quote-unquote, waste of a roster spot player. But we are not here today to talk about FIBA or Team USA. We are here to talk about the Lakers' newest acquisition, Christians in the Wood, Mr. Christian Wood on the veteran minimum. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tommy Alexander. Tommy, football is back Media day is just a few weeks away. We'll have preseason basketball soon. Now, are you starting to feel the swell of the 2023-24 NBA season?
2: I'm definitely starting to feel it. Um, I will say, didn't it, maybe I'm like making this up. I always thought that like training camp started like earlier (laughs) than it, it's like starting in mid October or something. Is that right this year? I feel like it normally oh. starts like at the end of the at the end of this month, but I, I could be totally wrong. But I feel like I was trying to pull up a calendar at some point, and it was like much later than I thought for some reason.
1: I don't know why it's that way this year. Uh, maybe because of FIBA play. That's a good point. But yeah, I actually am not sure when Media Day starts. It's usually at the end of September. And uh, no, actually, okay. So let me correct myself. Uh, media day is set to maybe start on Monday, October 2nd. So it's a little bit pushed back, but you're right. It usually happens like the last week of September, but it's probably because of FIBA play. Um, Anyways, as you guys all know, Christian Wood has been signed by the Lakers. We gave our initial quick reactions to that signing a week ago, but now that we've had the weekend and a couple more days to process it, To process it, we want to do a deeper dive on Christian Wood's game, what we like about it, what we don't like about it, and how he will fit into this team. But given the fact that we've had a little bit more time to process this signing, Tommy, and get some uh, fan input and maybe some opposing fans input on the signing, I wanted to get your updated vibe check Yeah, any updated thoughts? Are you more excited having dug into his game a little bit more? I'm I'm assuming you've watched a little more highlights since then. But are you more excited? Are you a little bit more cautious? Where are you at right now on the Christian Wood veteran minimum 14th man roster spot signing by the Lakers?
2: So I think the months of delays, you know, with all this stuff, definitely I got the the cautious part of my cautious optimism out of the way. And I think I'm swinging more towards optimism at this point. I mean, Christian Wood sort of like... He is who he is, right? He's got maybe a mixed reputation about, you know, what, what his locker room presence is going to be like. He's He's got a mixed reputation on defense. And I say mixed because I think a lot of these things are, I think at first blush sort of viewed as negative things. But when you kind of dive in deeper, it's maybe his defense isn't as bad as people thought. You know, maybe his locker room issues are are sort of overblown. You know, he's a young guy trying to get paid, and so there are certain, you know, kind of issues that come up with that. And, and and I don't know that, like, for example, looking into him a little bit more since we signed him, I don't know that any of his teammates actually have ever had any problems with him. I mean, a lot of the toxicity, you know, quote unquote, surrounding Christian Wood is sort of linked to his days with Houston when guys were like walking out of the locker room at halftime of the game. You know what I mean? There were like obviously bigger things going on. At that point, um, he played with the Mavs where he sort of had to, he was put in sort of a weird defensive position playing with Luca and, you know, not wanting to have too many bigs crowding the floor. Um, he kind of got put into a position where he was in, in many cases, the sole rim protector. I think that led to him having, if not the worst, certainly among the worst, like individual (laughs) defensive rating in the entire league last year. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's not necessarily who he is. I guess, like, I was thinking we're getting Carmelo Anthony, 38-year-old Carmelo Anthony, defensively. I don't think we're getting a defensive stopper here, but I, I think we're getting someone who has something to work with. Um, I, You know, with the locker room stuff, there are tons of quotes about how Luca loves playing with him, and him and Luca had, like, a ton of respect for each other, and, you know, all this stuff. The locker room stuff didn't really start to come out or come to light, I guess again with him until he sort of got injured mid last season and started losing minutes out of the rotation to JaVale McGee, who again is like, you know, the the same team that was like insisting on starting JaVale McGee cut that, you know, cut JaVale McGee to, to free up roster space. Right. And save some money. So it, I think like the deeper I've sort of looked into it, the more I've gotten excited, and and I think the thing that I always come back to, which is what we talked about when he first came up um, uh, as a potential possibility, is he brings such a different skill set compared to mm-hmm. everyone else we have in our front court. Um, we know AD is going to start and play a lot of minutes. We know LeBron is going to start and play a lot of minutes. Rui is going to be heavily involved in the mix. Uh, Vanderbilt is like a defensive specialist. Um Jackson Hayes is obviously like more of a true center than Christian Wood, but we don't have anyone necessarily who, you know, depending on how the starting lineup shake out, right? Like who is a reliable like go-to sort of bench scorer. Um we don't have anyone who's a elite perimeter shooter, especially at the big man position. Um and Christian Wood is like not only an elite shooter as like a big man he's an elite shooter pretty much any position on the court Mm -hmm. you know so there are there are things that are scary obviously because you know sort of similar to the Dwight situation a few years ago we think we've constructed a championship level roster here or certainly a team that is going to be in the mix for a top seed in the west and and you know who knows what happens in the playoffs but so you always worry about sort of messing with that formula um and Christian Wood can is sort of known for being maybe a volatile guy, I guess. And and so you just don't know how it's gonna play out. Is he gonna buy in? Is he not gonna buy in? That's obviously the big question. But the upside is so high compared to the risk, right? I mean, worst case scenario, you cut this guy. Worst case scenario, January. You don't even have to wait till the trade deadline. January, you ship him out for a second round pick or whatever. You know, somebody will take a shot on him. Certainly, as injuries continue to mount up around the league, somebody will take a chance on him as a scorer uh, for a half-season rental. Um, so there, are, you know, the the risk is so low. I think ultimately, um, we're not tied to this guy for multiple years, uh, and I think he could. You know, it's going to be relatively easy to get rid of him if we have to, which I think was like kind of the same idea with Dwight. Like Dwight, obviously. You don't know if you could trade him without using assets. Back Certainly back then when it seemed like he was washed. So he, the flexibility we had there was the non-guaranteed contract. We don't have that here. Um, but it Wood is 27 years old. He He's like proven himself to be an elite offensive player. I don't think it's going to be a, a challenge getting rid, uh, rid of somebody like that this season if we have to. And And again, the upside is just so high.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. At this point, I'm more amused by the hemming and hawing over a 14th man signing on the vet minimum by yeah, opposing teams and by some Lakers fans just because, and, and one thing I want to touch on that I think you touched upon last time was just the fact that, it's not even a fact, but the narrative that Christian Wood has moved around so much in his NBA career and that's probably due to some you know toxic reason And to your point that you made before, I think we have to throw out the first three years of his NBA career out of the books, you know, because it's like he was 20, 21, 23, only played like 17 games his first year, 13 games his second year, like a combined 33 games his third year when he went from the Sixers, Charlotte, Milwaukee, the Pelicans. Like these were such short stints and he was still trying to find himself in the NBA I don't know why we're counting those years against him, you know, before he even found himself. And so the real years we're talking about are his age 24 year, the 2019-20 season, when he spent a full season with Detroit, and averaged 13-6, and and then he went to Houston for a full year, 2020-21, and that's when he broke out for 21 points, 9.6 rebounds, and then the next year, he shared time between the Rockets and, and Dallas. Actually, no, he spent two full seasons with Houston. 2020-21, 20, 20, 21, 21 and then he got traded to Dallas in the offseason, spent last year with Dallas. So it's really Detroit, Houston, Dallas, but people like to lump in <laughs> New Orleans Pelicans, Milwaukee Bucks, Charlotte no, Hornets, crazy, Philadelphia dude. 76ers. It's like, no, dude. <laughs>
2: It's like a lazy take, right? Because when you look into it, okay, so he's had three teams in the last four seasons. James Harden has had three teams in the last three seasons. You know what I mean? It's like it's like we can't act like these minimum level guys, especially up and coming sort of guys, sort of trying to find their role and, and find their fit. Don't move around. These kind, kinds of guys move around all the time. That, that in and of itself does not necessarily reflect a locker room issue and if you look around dude i'm saying like i tried to google around for like christian wood toxic christian wood you know locker room (laughs) problems and like a lot of it is just fans talking about how he's toxic because he keeps moving around teams like look does has he Pouted before, yeah, about like not getting playing time or whatever. But it's like you see these Bucks fans from you know twenty nineteen, like Bucks fans now saying, "Oh, in twenty nineteen, the Bucks had to cut him because he thought that he should have been playing more than Giannis." That's based off nothing. Okay, that's just based off someone. He was
1: averaging five minutes with them yeah exactly
2: exactly he was 22 years old and look Giannis was already an mvp no I, i suspect he does not he was not arguing that he should be playing more than Giannis. it's just like people say these things and and they sort of get like you know everyone takes it as gospel but we just have to see you know
1: if there's a problem with wood it's more with the coaching staff apparently jason kidd did not like his style of play And then on top of that, it was a bad confluence of events for him with the Dallas Mavericks, as you hinted to, because their roster construction was all jacked up. I'd assume if Christian Wood played on this year's Dallas Mavericks team where they're fortified at the center spot, he'd be a lot better. But to your point, you're pretty much asking a power forward type player who has the the frame of a Kyle Kuzma to be your rim protector, your sole rim protector. That's never going to work out. And I also think Christian Wood's style of play being this... I mean. I'm going to get to this when we get to his gameplay, but Christian Wood is sort of, the way he plays, he's a, he's a bucket getter. That will always rub people a certain type of way if they're not playing defense on the other end. Or he's toxic in the sense that his game can be sort of Dennis Schroder-y, Cal kuzma he's just trying to get a bucket as a power forward center when traditionally at that position we just want him to do the dirty work, clean up, etc. And when he's not doing that, It can be conflated with this dude everywhere he goes is not doing what we need him to do. To a certain extent, that's true. And now we're seeing Christian Wood is going to be the 14th guy versus the top three guy you need him to be, which is what the Mavericks needed him to be, which is what the Houston Rockets thought he would be. In this position, we are not relying on Christian Wood to even be a top eight guy, you know? On this team, we, we're already ready set. And so for me, to your point, this is such a low commit. We have we don't have any commitment to this guy. I do understand that he's a 14th man with pedigree. And he does have clout to him just because of the stats he can put up. He is 27 years old. He is in his prime. But at the same time, our roster is ready-made already before Christian would. Yeah. We're just adding him onto this plate to see if we can raise our ceiling. But... Before Christian Wood, our floor was already set. Before Christian Wood, our ceiling was kind of already set. We're just trying to see if we can add a penthouse to it. You know what I mean? That, yeah. That's real. It's literally cherry on top of the Sunday. The main concern I have is if Darvin Ham gets a little bit too attached to him, you know? But that's a concern right. every year with the coach and his players, et cetera, et cetera. But there are guys on this team who we are more committed to financially and years-wise. And, and at a certain yes. point, if, if Christian Wood is that toxic... Things are going to come to a head and changes are going to be made, you know? So let's move on to Christian Wood's game because I don't remember the last time a team got a player in his prime, 27 years old, who just came off of a 16-7 and year in only 25 minutes, by the way. Let me make sure. Yeah, he only played 26 minutes, but still averaged 16.6 points, 7.3 rebounds, 1.1 blocks, you know, 38% from three, 51% from the field. I don't remember the last time, Tommy, that a team was able to get that type of player coming off of a healthy season, no injuries, in his prime for the vet minimum, even if they were a sieve defensively. Can you, can you remember, I, I can no, that's, remember and that's what, like a Demarcus Cousins coming off of an injured year, like an Achilles exactly. tear or whatever. The closest thing I can think of is maybe Dennis Schroeder after his stint with us when he averaged like 15 and six and he was only able to get a mid-level deal. But even then, he didn't get a veteran minimum contract, you know, so outside of that, I don't remember the last time that there was someone this talented in his prime, no injuries, putting up those numbers coming in as the 14th man on a vet minimum contract.
2: And coming off of a $14 million contract, right? So it it's yeah. like, I, I honestly, I can't think of anyone either. And again, it's not like he had a down year. Again, defensively, that was an issue. But he was playing 22 minutes a game. He was not the reason the Dallas Mavericks had these like kind of substantial issues defensively. Their issues were kind of roster construction based and they clearly addressed those, right? They knew what the issue was and they addressed him. I think Wood is more of, you know, anyway, I don't want to get We don't need to get into the details on that, but I guess like it, if you look at like the numbers and, and we're obviously less of a numbers podcast than, than some of the other, um, guys out there on Twitter, if you look at, like, impact on the floor on both ends, even factoring in his horrific defensive season, Wood, like, underperformed his $14 million contract, but significantly outperformed a minimum level deal. I mean, to your point, like, I've seen a lot of stuff floating around about how, like, oh, between Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish, and Christian Wood, like, Phil Handy's gonna have his his hands full like how is he it's good the Lakers are, are you know hoping a lot like a lot of this stuff has to pan out actually no none of that has to pan out really the only you could say that the only thing that has to pan out in some respect is Jackson Hayes needs to be a somewhat serviceable backup big man for us that's like the only thing that really needs to pan out from those three if Cam Reddish and Christian Wood don't play at all we kind of like to your point we already know what we're getting so yeah yeah I, I just I don't think we've seen this big of a drop for the this talented of a guy again kind of entering his prime 27 28 years old I it's just there's not everyone's gonna look for the negatives because the reality is any other contender that landed Christian Wood for the minimum people would be losing their minds over it like if the Miami Heat landed Christian Wood for the minimum after gutting the roster to get to get Damian Lillard the Miami Heat fans would be going nuts and everybody would be saying, oh, well, it's fine. Don't worry about the other stuff. Heat culture, right? But like, no one wants to say the same thing about a team with LeBron and AD and Darvin Ham for some reason.
1: Well, they're losing their minds over it. They're just expressing it in a different way by saying Christian Wood won't help you out at all because he didn't help us out. You know, I'm hearing that from Mavs fans. I'm hearing that from Houston fans. And again, I would just like to reiterate, the contexts are entirely different. You are asking Christian Wood to be a top three player on your team. We are asking Christian Wood to sometimes maybe fill in for Anthony Davis on a back-to-back or when he's injured and at most play 20 minutes in a rotation role on this team as the 14th guy. You know, he's going to have to stay in line. And let's not act like we haven't just gone through living the Russell Westbrook era. Like nothing is going to be more toxic than having a player of Russell Westbrook's caliber assume your top salary spot on the team and have that player still think he's a Hall of Famer. And when you finally saw Russell Westbrook knock back to his last straw with the Clippers, what did he do, Tommy? He shaped up and he got in line. What more will Christian Wood on a vet min deal after the averages that he put up as the 14th man do on this team? You know what I mean? Exactly. We're a Western Conference team. There is precedent here for him to fall in line. The only problem is, will the coach hold him to that standard? Will everybody else hold him accountable? Those are all up in the air. But in terms of the talent play, you cannot deny the talent. And you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater with regards to his previous stints, obviously. But the context is so drastically different that it's got to be a grain of salt sort of thing. Not take it as gospel that he didn't work out in Dallas, he didn't work out in Houston. Anyways, let's take it to break. When we return, let's really get into Christian Wood's game and how he'll fit on this Lakers team. So we will catch you guys after the turn. Hey guys, quick call to action for yours truly, the Lakers Legacy Podcast. If you'd enjoy consuming our content, please, please, please take a moment to Rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Also, please take a moment to give us a five-star thumb tap on the Spotify app. Just search for the Lakers Legacy Podcast on the Spotify app and click that five-star dial at the top of our page. It's that easy to do. We would greatly appreciate it. It will do a lot in determining the future of the show moving forward, especially as we head into the 2023-24 season. It would mean a lot, and again... At this point, it's the only thing that drives this show. With that said, thank you for consuming our content and please enjoy the rest of the show All right, so we are back. Tommy, I hinted at this before the break, and actually I put a video out on Twitter showing Christian Wood's versatility as a player in terms of his ball handling skills, shooting off the bounce, showing his fluidity on the perimeter, attacking closeouts. Like He has some nifty floaters and finishes in the paint. And when I started watching his game, I was like, You know, before you actually dig into Christian Wood, you're like, okay, he's a power forward, small ball center in the likes of a Bobby Portis. The more I got to watch him, though, I was like, wait, this guy looks more like Kyle Kuzma offensively. They're both 6'10". He does have 3 inches on Kuzma with regards to wingspan, 7'3", which is kind of insane. And that's probably why teams have slotted him in more as a power forward slash center than a small forward slash power forward the way teams have used Kyle Kuzma in the past. But they both have sort of like this wiry but strong frame to them. They have they have a very polished offensive game, very skilled. They do flash good handles here and there for their size on the perimeter. And when I see the comparisons to Kyle Kuzma, at least offensively, I'm like why was this guy ever guarding the paint as the sole rim protector for any team? You know what I mean? It's like asking Kyle Kuzma to do that. Obviously, he's going to have a better shot because he has a longer wingspan at 7'3". But after digging more into his game, I was like, okay, Christian Wood is like a Kyle Kuzma morphing into Thomas Bryant sort of player. And that's a player that you can utilize on this Lakers team. You just kind of have to harness all of that into a more tailored down role. That kind of looks more like Markeith Morris slash Nas Reed in a tertiary sense, but kind of like how we saw Kyle Kuzma in the 2019-20 season. When 80's out, you let Kyle Kuzma loose, right? Let Kyle Kuzma get 25 points because he can do that. Kind of the same deal with Christian Wood. But when everybody's healthy, Kyle Kuzma's coming off the bench playing 20 to 25 minutes averaging 12 points. Something Christian Wood can do as well. So I'm starting to sort of uh, compare Christian Wood more to Kyle Kuzma than I am, I don't know, Brooke Lopez or something like that. But yeah, that's one thing I noticed about his game. Some other things before I let you go would be he's a ferocious finisher. Like he goes up strong in the paint, dude. I feel like this guy should get a lot of and ones on this team. And a lot of his dunks and posters on people, he should be going to the foul line more because he takes it up strong. I know... Last year, a lot of Lakers fans were frustrated by the way that Jared Vanderbilt would leave a lot on the rim and kind of try and do a lot of finesse layups and miss some chippies here and there. That is not Christian Wood. He will jam it on your freaking face. He's very athletic. He's a scream dunker, Tommy. He likes to scream and yell every time he jams it through, which is kind of fun. And then lastly, to your point, he's, he, this guy is a legit spacing big This might be the best spacing big Anthony Davis has had since Nikola Mirotic. And I'm not being hyperbolic about that. No. I put out the catch-and-shoot three-point numbers on Twitter the last day or so. But over the last three years, Christian Wood actually has better three-point catch-and-shoot numbers than Brook Lopez. Last year, Christian Wood shot 42% from three, catch-and-shoot-wise, hitting 1.43s a game. The year before that, he shot 40% from three, hitting 1.4 a game. Year before that, 37% from three, catch-and-shoot-wise, hitting 1.5 a game. Brooke Lopez last year, 38%, 1.6. 37%, 1.3. 34%, 1.2. Those are his last three years. Christian Wood bests him in all three years. And even looking at our entire Lakers team, like D'Angelo Russell, Torian Prince, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Gabe Vincent, Rui Hachimura, Cam Reddish, if we're looking at their catch-and-shoot numbers from just last season— On paper, Christian Wood is our best catch-and-shoot three-point shooter at 42%, hitting 1.43s a game. The next highest is D'Angelo Russell hitting 41%, knocking down 1.5 a game. So he is a legit spacer, and what he's going to do to the floor for this team in terms of the gravity and the pick-and-pop possibilities with guards like D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, is going to be tremendous. And the lane is going to open up like crazy for different cutters. I don't know how teams are going to decide. I don't know how teams are going to defend us with LeBron James on one side, 80 on another side. It's probably going to look more like 80 and Christian Wood together. But yeah, he just presents us with so many different opportunities and makes us so much more versatile on the offensive end that I'm really excited to see how the lanes open up how the court is spread given the creativity of the guards that we have in D'Angelo Russell and Austin Reeves I mean we're gonna have defenders on a turnstile you know so yeah what are your thoughts on Christian Wood as the player and what he what you like about his game The the more that you've been able to dig into his tape
2: just elite offense and elite shooting right I mean again we've We've projected out lineups, and I and and without getting too into the weeds here, I'm just going to use the lineup just for sake of argument that we expected would be our starting lineup coming out of the playoffs last year, which is D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, LeBron and Rui, and AD. Okay. That leaves off our bench, assuming the structure, Gabe Vincent, whoever wins out the battle at shooting guard between Cam Reddish and Max Christie, Torian Prince. Jackson Hayes and Jared Vanderbilt. Not bad players, but who's scoring in that group? And I understand there's staggering that's gonna to need to happen, especially if we stack all all of our scoring in the in the starting lineup and et cetera. But Christian Wood is a guy that you can just give the ball to and he'll go get you a bucket. You know what I mean? He and 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 he doesn't need the ball too. I mean, if you watch his his film, he's coming off pin downs and shooting threes. You know, he's yeah. He's coming off of screens on the perimeter and shooting threes when the guys go under like a guard or like, you know, like Kyle Kuzma, like Kyle Kuzma, basically. Right. So I think like you can't really understate how elite this guy is offensively. Like you could make an argument his first year with Houston, which obviously they were dealing with that, like James Harden stuff. I mean, he averaged in half a season there, like 21 and 10 elite shooting he's had consistently elite shooting since his breakout with with detroit um you know again like when we're thinking about our front court anthony davis is not a good shooter like we just at some point have to accept that like he can hit his mid-range on occasion and you know but he's not going to probably what we saw in the bubble with him as a three-point shooter was a flash in the pan Jackson Hayes obviously not. A, shoot, certainly not a proven three-point shooter. I know you've been trying to push your Jackson Hayes as a perimeter shooter agenda. I am going to keep doing it. The, the,
1: <laughs> the shot mechanics are fluid, baby. Yeah, okay.
2: But certainly not a proven three-point shooter, right? Jared Vanderbilt, certainly not a proven three-point shooter. Rui Hachimura. Okay, I think everyone's Only got this Only in the this, playoffs. Exactly. He's got <laughs> everyone's got this like memory of this dude shooting 48% on our great run last at the end of uh, last season the playoffs obviously. Career low thirties, okay, as a, as a three point shooter. So, you know, I think he's got tons of room to improve. I think he's going to actually have a good year as a three point shooter this year. Not forty eight percent good, obviously, probably not even forty percent. But you know, I think he'll he'll improve. But the point is not proven, okay? LeBron, right? Like historically has been a much better shooter than he was last year but last year he was not a good he was a pretty bad shooter okay objectively he was actually one of the worst three-point shooters in the league factoring in volume and he never we kept waiting all season well eventually he'll turn it around well eventually he hits that point where he starts draining him he never got there right so I'm not saying that's a permanent thing that's going to continue but That's our front court and reliability of three-point shooting. Christian Wood is a known, like guaranteed sure thing, lock three-point shooter. He's done it for four years in a row. He last year, like you've posted all the stats, one of the best big men three-point shooter shooters in the entire league, even when you remove the big man element, right? And and so, like, and the volume he can do it at too. So, this is not, to me, offensively like a Thomas Bryant situation where we're looking at Oh, well, he had this stretch of 20 games in his third year where he shot really well, and then he had injuries and things happened, and we're hoping we can get him back to that. No, if he just literally does what he's done consistently for the last four seasons, this is the best... I mean, he's going to be if he if he can t- if he makes our regular rotation, he's not just going to be like the you know you mentioned the best big man shooter. Eighties played with, he might be like one of the best shooters on the team. I mean, it's going to be between him and the guards, right? It's like him, Prince, and the guards, right? So, um, and even the guards, like he's more consistent. He's shown more consistency the last four years than Gabe Vincent has. So yeah, yeah. So you know, it's. I just think like the skill set that he brings on that end of the court is something that we just don't have and and if he is able to just buy in a little bit, right? You can see him, right? The thing with LeBron and AD is that we've we've had trouble playing them with big men um because neither of them are, you know, primary three-point shooting threats, certainly not last year in in the case of LeBron. And so who else do you put out there? You so what what ends up happening is you end up playing undersized 3 guard lineups, which is what we saw a lot of last year. Or you end up with these, you know, weird lineups where we have to play LeBron and Rui together as like the two big like the 4 and the 5 off the bench because we need spacing. And the nice thing about Christian Wood is if he ends up being the backup five for us, I, I don't know that I would start him there, you know, or, you know, start him as the primary backup five. Like we'll see how that goes, but he can play with Jackson Hayes. He can play with um, Anthony Davis. He could play with Rui and, and like, what are positions at that point? Right. It's like, who's playing the four, who's playing the five. So I, I just think there's a lot of ways you can use him. And, and the offense is just like, that's a known quantity. That's not, we're not going off one year. We're not going off two years. I mean, yes, they- nah, dude, the, he the dude a, is a bucket. The dude is a he's bucket. He's a bucket. <laughs> and and like Dallas didn't make the playoffs. That wasn't Christian Wood's fault. They were a playoff team the entire season with him until they got Kyrie and things sort of fell apart with injuries right. and whatnot. So he's gonna, he's going to, we know he's a known quantity on that end. And that kind of takes a lot of fear or it should take a lot of fear out of the equation.
1: And look, in terms of defensively, I don't know if you saw the video I put out in, with regards to his perimeter defense and his ability to move his feet and how mobile he is on the perimeter. Look, he's not gonna do this consistently, but in every stop he's been, he's never had an Anthony Davis behind him flanking him, you know? And he can really, he has innate physical gifts because of his length and his mobility and fluidity with his legs. He's, he has a seven foot three wingspan. And if you watch the defensive clips I put up there of him switching onto guards and recovering even if he gets beat, blocking the hell out of their shots, him shuffling his feet on pick and rolls, like, on this type of team, he can play up more, you know? He can actually utilize his length. It's just... On those other teams, he was the, the crux of a team's defense as the interior paint defender. Christian Wood should never be that, you know? And so I, even defensively, I think there's a ceiling there because he's averaged like 1.1 blocks a game every year, you know? It's just about how he's utilized and where he's placed. And in a scheme like Darvin Ham's defensive scheme, I think he could really thrive where everybody's on a string and we're switching. Christian Wood can switch with you, you know what I mean? He can hang because he can move his feet. And the last thing I'll say, Tommy, is I don't know how the minutes are going to shake out. Please don't hold me to this apples to apples. But, Tommy, here's the vision. And people are going to scoff that I'm going to look back on the 2019-20 season. But think of this as a 2019-20 championship season redux, but with higher ceiling players. Here are the roles, Tommy. LeBron James is LeBron James. Anthony oh. Davis is Anthony Davis. That's Jackson Hayes word. equals <laughs> Jackson Hayes equals JaVale McGee, right? Or JaVale McGee. Yeah, JaVale McGee. Let's say JaVale McGee. Rui Hachimura equals a higher end version of Markeith Morris, right? Yeah. Yeah. Christian Wood equals like a taller, longer version of Kyle Kuzma, essentially. Jared Vanderbilt, I am not sure where he fits, but with regards to how we play him on defense, that's Alex Caruso. Do you see the vision but yeah. with all these taller longer players?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I think there's like we did in 2019-20, I think there's going to be a way to find minutes for all of them.
1: Yeah. I guess the the only worry here, Tommy, is and I don't want to uh, like undersell this, but there is a there is the problem of more going on here, right? We have a very talented team. If I'm just going off of vibes and this isn't anything to like hang your hat on, but Vibes-wise, it's starting to feel a little bit like the 2020-21 season where we were super stacked. We had yeah, Trez, Schroeder, Gasol. Then we got Drummond. That screwed up the chemistry a bit. Then injuries hit, and it was a cursed year. It had less to do about the players we accumulated and more of the overall vibe of a stacked, cursed team. Uh, so I'm kind of getting those types of vibes. But with regards to something tangible that you can hang your head on as a concern, I do think that we are dealing with we could potentially be dealing with the problem of more, with regards to having 13, 12, 13 guys who could legitimately have rotation minutes. And it's going to be on Darwin to figure out how to make that all work and keep the locker room in line and suss out egos, personalities, et cetera. Because I think we're going to have one of those seasons, Tommy, where fans are going to be like, why isn't this guy playing? And they could have a legitimate argument, you know? You could have yeah. a legitimate argument every single week and be like, why isn't this guy playing? Why isn't that guy playing, you know? And it's gonna have to be a sort of jigsaw puzzle week to week. And yeah. hopefully Darvin can do a good job of keeping everyone in line. And Christian Wood inputs into his head that Andre Drummond speech about just cheering on your teammates and all that stuff. But, But yeah, that would be my only concern. Any last thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, on the rotation. I mean, I, I understand the concern. We've sort of grown to love some of these young guys, right? And especially after that run last year, and we want to see them continue to develop, and we want to see our "quote unquote" our guys get a chance because we've talked about this a million times, but we have not had this continuity ever, like right, like or for very, very many, many years, like since the championship year where we went to the next year and just added some extra pieces, right? So I think your analogy there is is, is a good one. I think. If you're thinking about our roster, we have 14 guys currently. We're going to go into the season with 14. I think that's pretty that's been pretty well decided, barring some crazy unforeseen circumstance. We're going to go in with 14. Of those 14, we know Jalen Huchifino and Maxwell Lewis are probably the two odd men out right off the bat. That, that cuts you down to 12. Between Max Christie and Cam Reddish, one of those guys is not going to be in the rotation consistently. So that takes you down to 11. Now playing an 11-man rotation somewhat consistently over the course of a season has been done. I mean, the Denver Nuggets did famously with George Carl, and they still kind of do it to this day, like have always kind of played deep rotations in the regular season. Over the course of 82 games, guys get hurt. There are back-to-back nights. There are matchup situations. So, you know, we've already cut it down to 11, I think playing 11 deep, you're going to be able to find minutes for people, especially if you're trying to limit LeBron and AD's minutes during the season. And going a step further, even between Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood, maybe one of them doesn't play every game that's matchup dependent. You know, you throw Mm -hmm. Vanderbilt into the mix there because he's kind of more of a specialist unless he comes in and starts raining threes on everyone's head. Like maybe he ends up being the odd man out some nights. So it, 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 There's going to be room for everyone to get their minutes. And it's like, we only know for sure that the core rotation guys who are going to get their minutes are LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves, and probably D'Lo, right? And, and Rui and, and, you know, a few others. And, and we're talking about like eighth, ninth, 10th rotation players. Like it's a good problem to have that we might have too much talent at those spots and so I think before mm-hmm. everyone gets worried that Rui is not going to play enough or whatever, or Vando's not going to play enough, I think we just need to see how things shake out, see how guys came back from the off season and how they've improved or not improved, and see how everything fits within the roster, and just be happy that like we do have the options and we're not in the situation mm-hmm. that we were in last year, where like for for even post trade and post like all of our success, where it was play, come playoff time and it's like well, if Vando's not not uh, really doing anything for us you look to the bench, there's no one there. You know what I mean? When AD has to go sit down, you look to the bench, there's no one there to replace him. You know? So it's like, we should just be happy that we do have the options. And that depth is what carried us in 2019-20 to the best record in the West pre-lockdown. And that is hopefully going to set us up for similar success this season.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, the only added thing I want to add to this problem is maybe it could hinder the development of Rui and Vando. Like, we may not end up getting as getting a fair look at Vando because his minutes are cut or a fair look at Rui, although we do have him on a three-year deal, so maybe that matters a little bit less. So that would be my only added concern of, like, what it does to the, the development of Rui and Vanderbilt just because we've seen this happen before with Austin Reeves, you know, Russell Westbrook. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn like hindered his development. We could have seen this a lot sooner, although it just happened that because of injuries, we ended up seeing it sooner anyways. But the moment Russell Westbrook left the team, it's like, oh, this is what Austin can do. And you kind of worry that because of Christian Wood and the allotment of minutes that you have to give him, maybe you are stunting the development of uh, Rui and Vando a little bit. And I guess the the better example is THT because you ended up never getting to see him come to fruition and now he's not even on the team but with that said these are good problems to have and over the course of an 82 game regular season you are going to need this type of depth we haven't even talked about the schedule yet lakers have like i think they're tied for tops in back-to-backs with 15 and so this is the perfect time to have a guy like christian wood who can soak up usage um but yeah with that said that'll do it for our christian wood in-depth discussion We will catch you guys next time and talk more Lakers as we inch closer and closer to media day and the start of the 2023-24 regular season. Tommy, I will catch you later. Peace. See ya.